Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, open up to the 96th Psalm. Psalm 96. Let me um, mention a couple of things while you're opening up there. First of all, uh, what a joy it is to get to worship with you this morning. Uh, Second of all, uh, I want you to remember that if you have a desire to come uh, next Sunday night at 6 o'clock for our annual choir musical, uh, you need to have your application for tickets uh, into the church office by tomorrow at noon. We're going to be randomly selecting those, and we'll notify you uh, either via email or we'll call you if you don't have email and let you know if you've been selected to be able to come. A couple of things I do want to mention, some people have asked. We do plan to do this on the honor system. So um, we expect folks to act like Christians, which might be too much to ask sometimes in this world, but not here at First Baptist Church, and uh, it's not too much to ask here. And so we trust that if you're not selected, you'll choose to, to watch from home. And, and we do have options uh, for you to do that. However you would normally watch on a Sunday morning when you're remote, you'll be able to watch uh, next Sunday night. So that will include being live on Comcast Channel 5. Uh, Lord willing, we've got that set up or or online. So uh, please uh, make your plans to do that and uh, go ahead and apply for tickets um, by tomorrow at noon. And we'll be randomly selecting those and notifying folks. And uh, like I said, it'll be an honor system based thing. You may want to have your email, I mean, just in case. And uh, if nothing else, probably make you feel better uh, just to have it, just to know or whatever else. But um, we're, we're not a, this isn't Ticketmaster or anything like that. We don't really have the means by which we do that. So we plan to handle that on the honor system. And I figure, I guess, and I may be wrong, I feel like if someone cheats their way into the church Christmas musical, they probably need to be here. And, and, and so that's just sort of where I am tonight, today. And so we look forward to uh, that beautiful uh, presentation next uh, Sunday night. Now, you do not need tickets. Let me just remind you of this. You do not need tickets for Christmas Eve. That's why we're doing two uh, services on Christmas Eve, so uh, you don't need that, uh, but we'll either be 4.30 or 6 on Christmas Eve. I, I, hope that's, I hope that's clear. If you have questions otherwise, let us know. Let us know. As we move toward Christmas and toward the end of the year, um, all of us are burdened at some level, and I've been burdened, and I thought, you know, why don't we tackle um, some subjects I think will draw us nearer to the Lord in the midst of a hard year. So last week we looked at thankfulness, and this week we'll turn our attention to beauty, and then we'll close the year out as we always do with prayer. Between them, we'll next Sunday look at joy, and, and then the third Sunday uh, here we'll look at hope. And then on the first Sunday of the new year, uh, I, I plan to preach a sort of vision Sunday type sermon where we reflect on God's providence and, and just remind ourselves of who we are as a church and where we're going in the years uh, to come. So that's sort of what preaching will look like. And then uh, I'll have a doctoral seminar in January, so others will be fulfilling the pulpit for a couple of weeks, a couple of Sundays in January. And then I'll be, we'll be back in Genesis uh, later uh, next month, later next year uh, in, in January. So we look forward to that. So today we turn our attention to beauty. So if you have your Bibles open there to Psalm 96, I'm going to ask you if you would just stand with me out of reverence for the reading of the words of our God. Uh, the psalmist writes, 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in such a way that as the words on this page are being read, God Himself is speaking to us. Beginning verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor or the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For He comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, today I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see your beauty. And, Lord, I pray that we'll be drawn to it and that, Lord, when we see you and know you, we'll be transformed by your grace. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I like... Uh, I like Christmas traditions. How about y'all? Y'all like Christmas traditions? And I do, and I enjoy Christmas traditions. We have different Christmas traditions now in our house. One of my favorites is I love to come here on Christmas Eve and worship the Lord. And we like to have very classy Christmas Eve in our household. And so we immediately leave here normally and go to the Waffle House and have supper. Um, it's a long long evening on Christmas Eve typically for us so it's kind of hard to cook or whatever else so we go to the Waffle House and enjoy it I don't know that we'll be able to do that this year with all the different things going on the two services and requirements and everything else but I do love Christmas traditions I enjoy them and um, one of my favorites from when I was a kid was that every Christmas Eve uh, we would go to my aunt's house and my dad is in the car business and so he would uh, for that night have a 15 passenger van waiting outside for us we would go get in the van, and he would drive around all around Boaz and, and, and points afar even, and we would look at Christmas lights. Now, it's fun. Many of you probably look, does anybody else, anybody else ride around and look at Christmas lights at Christmas time? So it's a pretty popular thing. Ours is a little different, though, because it was really more than for us just to see Christmas lights. The real entertainment of the night was all of my dad's commentary on the Christmas lights all night. It was really more like a mobile Christmas lights critique 
fest than it was anything else. So we would find people, and if it was, you know, Billy Bob or whatever, we'd pull up, and Billy Bob hadn't done such a good job with the likes that year, and Dad would say, Billy Bob, Billy Bob, Billy Bob. You know, what were you thinking, buddy? You could do better than this. So we would ride around and enjoy my dad's commentary and enjoy the Christmas lights. We rode around town seeing those things. And I have so many memories of that, and looking back on it, 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 it's a reminder of, of the impulse that so many of us have to seek beauty, to evaluate beauty, to enjoy beauty. Isn't our impulse to appreciate beautiful things and to make things beautiful, to beautify the area around us? We, many of us are preoccupied with curb appeal, thinking about beauty, right? How do we make our place where we abide beautiful? Even something as simple as the feeling you get when you walk in this room and it's so wonderfully decorated for Christmas, that feeling you get is a feeling of enjoying and appreciating beauty. The ladies who come here want to beautify the sanctuary by decorating it. For Christmas. Beauty compels us. And some of you may have or know teenage boys, and you understand the way that so often beauty can compel them in different ways. They're starting to discover beautiful girls. It's fascinating how much beauty does for us and how much beauty compels us. And I would argue that we like to beautify the things around us and we appreciate beauty. Both natural beauty and man-made beauty, precisely because we serve a God who is in Himself beautiful. I think the beauty of God is something that we are built to want to learn about and to know and to experience. I'm sure everyone in this room finds something beautiful. Finds something beautiful. Now, many of you probably are okay without everything around you being beautiful, right? But you find something to be beautiful. Like, take Woody Turner, for example. Woody's not the kind of guy who just sits around thinking, I've really got to just surround myself at all times with objects of beauty. If you were to go different things, but I'll tell you this, if you were to see a beautiful handmade piece of wooden furniture, you'd see Woody Turner really even almost begin to blush over how beautiful he found that handcrafted piece of woodwork, right? Now I want you to think about this. You probably find something beautiful. And I want to ask you this question today. Have you ever considered that your longing for beauty might actually be a longing for God? That your longing for some sort of temporary and fleeting beauty might actually be a longing for permanent and infinite beauty. Augustine once said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And in so many ways, we're at the end of a year that has felt anything but beautiful. It's not what we would have signed up for. It's not what we longed for. We, we miss those days of so many beautiful things that we get to experience that we can't right now. And yet today I wonder if you might consider the fact that this longing for beauty and that which you miss is ultimately found in God. And I wonder if 
reflecting on the beauty of God here this morning might not help us prepare our hearts for what is arguably one of the most beautiful seasons of all as we anticipate and celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we move toward Christmas, as we finish up 2020, I want to point you toward this idea of beauty that I think will point you toward God and will help you embrace the gospel when you consider the beauty of our Lord. Three points this morning as we consider the beauty of God. Here's the first. God's beauty leads us to worship. God's beauty leads us to worship. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and what? And greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all the gods. Y'all like Christmas music? I, I do. I like, I like good Christmas music. And one of the things that fascinates me during this time of year is oftentimes we will just keep the radio or keep uh, whatever, the music going on Christmas music. And so as you're riding down the street and you're listening to Christmas music, every once in a while it will just, it becomes sort of background noise, right? And it'll be, you know, whatever kinds of generic Christmas in Dixie or something like that playing most of the time. But every once in a while, every once in a while, you know, you'll have an actual Christmas carol come across the airway. And sometimes it stuns me when it dawns on me what I hear being sung over the radio in secular America. Fall on your knees. Fall on your knees and worship Christ the King. You, you start to hear joy to the world, the Lord is come. You hear these amazing, deep, theologically rich lyrics and you, you start to realize what beauty there is and what an amazing season Christmas is for people to hear truths they don't hear most of the time during the year. Now, what is it about Christmas that will allow a radio station who normally would not want to have anything offensive on the airwaves or whatever else, what would allow them to let people sing about Jesus? It's because people so greatly value the beauty of Christmas. And the beauty of the music that's being played, there's something that happens in anyone's chest, even if they reject the truth of the gospel. There's something that happens in anyone's chest when they hear the beauty of Christian worship. This is true even, I believe, of Richard Dawkins, who at one point said that it, it can't be replicated. The, the beauty of the music in the Christian tradition, he talked about how he wished that secularism could provide something like the music of the Christian tradition, it's because there's a beauty to worship that's reflective of the beauty of God. You can't listen to something like Ode to Joy by Beethoven or any other great classical works that were inspired by Christianity and not be moved by the beauty of what's being reflected, not only in the words that are meant to be sung, but also in the very form in which it's presented. There's a beauty there. It's reflective of Christian truth. And yet the psalmist is also here talking about the way that this beauty, this, this beauty of worship, th th this glory of praise, ascribing back to the Lord these things that are true of Him, 
It is meant to call people out of idolatry. It's <coughs> worship is intended in so many ways that this picture of worship, the psalmist seems to indicate, is intended to help call people out of their pagan tendencies, to help introduce them to Christian truth. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And then things turn in verse 4. He is to be feared above all gods. Why? Why is this God bigger and badder than the other gods? Why should he be feared the most? The psalmist tells us, verse 5, For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Now, do you see this transition? Do you see this logical progression that's happening here? The, the, the psalmist is calling God's people, the Israelites, to praise the Lord, to sing of His salvation, and then to tell the good news to all the nations. And what, does he tell, what are we to tell them? That, that God is to be feared above all gods because the other gods are not gods at all. They're actually worthless idols. We serve the God who actually made the world, and you can have a true and genuine relationship with Him. And so you see this beauty of worship and this beauty of the praise of God's people, and you see the way it's intended to call people out of their idolatry and then you see the reality as to why this praise is so beautiful and why this praise ought to call people out of their idolatry it's precisely because of the beauty of God splendor and majesty are before him strength and beauty are in a sanctuary what calls people out of their idolatry. We look around in the world today and we see idols, not just literal idols, even though you see those at, from time to time, but figuratively we see people, even at Christmas, even in this time that's so perfectly designed for the worship of God, we see all sorts of idols start to rear their ugly heads, even in such a beautiful season, the idol of materialism, or even the way some will idolize their family, or idolize this, or idolize that. And so often, the temptation for Christians is to become scolds. Don't y'all know that you're chasing after worthless things? Look at all these people out throwing elbows on Black Friday and saying they're going to go worship Jesus on Sunday. What do you mean, happy holidays? Don't you know this is Jesus' holiday? Can't you tell that by my attitude right now? We become scolds. But legalism, just shouting rules at people, Shaking our fist at folks never, never compelled anyone out of idolatry. It might set them up with a new set of idols because then they start to love the rules more than they love the Lord. But it never got anyone. They started to make up new rules. If God likes rules so much, buddy, wait till you see what I can come up with. God's beauty, God's glory calls us out of idolatry. Rules didn't get you out of idolatry. God's glory got you out of idolatry. Witnessing the beauty of God called you out of idolatry. And as God's beauty is reflected in 
the beauty of our worship during this season. We need to be ready, standing and waiting to present the gospel to those who so desperately need it. I want you to see who God is. And I want you to be transformed by that vision. Second of all, God's holiness is beautiful. God's holiness is beautiful. We see something similar happening in Isaiah chapter 6, where I'm sure you're familiar with, where, where God's holiness is beautiful and it leads to worship in heaven. And here we see this picture ascribed to the Lord. Verse 7, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. And listen to verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. There's a beauty, a splendor to the holiness of God. God's consecration, God's dedication to what it means for God to be God. His holiness distinguishes Him from us in so many ways. It is His consecration to His own glory, His dedication for Him to remain God and always be dedicated to what it means for Him to be God. It's God's love and dedication for His own glory. beautiful and God's devotion to his own glory and to his own way is beautiful and some might say well it seems like God must be some sort of an egomaniac but it's it's only a problem that you're an egomaniac when your ego is not the center of the cosmos and yet it would be unfair and un, not good It would be unwise of God to make anything but Himself the center of all that is because God is supreme in His goodness and He is supreme in His beauty. It would be wrong of God. It would be less than God to be God to give us any gift but the gift of Himself. If God were dedicated to something else, it would be a foolhardy fool's errand because God is supreme and He should be the center of all things. And so God's devotion to His own glory is a beautiful thing. And so we cannot miss the beauty of holiness. I want you to avoid the temptation to strip the idea of holiness of its beauty and its joy. Now imagine this. Imagine you rented a house at the beach for vacation. All right? We we just recently all, you know, it's it's like it's a great travail for families to try to figure this out. Everybody has settled on a date and a time and everything else. And so you go through all that to figure out, okay, where are we going to go? Where are we going to stay? We're all going here, okay. Does this work, work, week work for everybody? Sure, it works for everybody. And so you've gone to all the financial sacrifice and everything else to make this decision. And you pull up and you look next door. And guess who's rented the house next to you? Jesus has. And the way you feel when you realize that tells you a lot about what you need to know about how you view holiness. If you feel like vacation is going to be a bummer because Jesus showed up, I think you've misunderstood Jesus. I think you've misunderstood holiness. I think you've misunderstood where true joy is to be found. Avoid the temptation to strip the idea of holiness of its beauty. 
Instead, look unto the Lord and see the way that He is unbridled joy in and of Himself. He is infinite in His beauty. He is infinite in His goodness. And yet God is the absolute standard of holiness. And recognize then that what God is calling you is not to sourly follow a set of rules, but instead with joy and with beauty, He is calling you to allow Him to write His law on your heart so that you can live the life that He has called you to live with joy before Him, seeing His beauty and longing for His glory and seeing that there are great things in Him that cannot be found in sin. God is beautiful precisely because He is holy. And I hope and pray that you'll be transformed in such a way that you don't see this sort of difference, this sort of, this sort of fun side of things and then the Christian side of things. I hope you'll merge those things together. That you won't see beauty as something God doesn't care about, but instead that you'll rejoice in the Lord because He is beautiful and His holiness is beautiful. Finally, creation is resplendent with the beauty of God. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Creation is resplendent. It is loaded with the beauty of God. Of God. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Verse 11. Let the sea roar. The Bible says echoes of creation. It's this God who created the earth. The earth is responding back to Him. This is especially good stuff if you happen to be a pagan who worships the god of the sea or the god of the forest or the god of this or the god of that. All of those created order, all of those things don't belong to these little g-gods. Those are worthless idols. All of creation, everything that God has made is resplendent with His beauty. Everything you see, don't look for some mealy-mouthed, tiny little idol that you, have to, that you have to supply the voice for. Hear the way the seas roar, praise back to their creation. Creator. The sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then all the trees of the forest sing for joy. As the prophet Isaiah said, let all the trees of the field clap their hands before the Lord. The earth is resplendent with the glory of God. And so when, like me, you stand and you look up at a great beautiful waterfall like Multnomah Falls and your eyes mist up, that's because in your heart you know You're drawn to go to Nakalula Falls, or you're drawn to watch the sunset over the river, or you're drawn to see beautiful things in beautiful places precisely because the creation is telling you, who is also part of God's creation, we were made for Him. We were made for His glory. This is a picture of the way that all of the created order was created to reflect the glory of God. And the beauty of God. We move heaven and earth to be there when our child is born. We move heaven and earth to make sure we're there for the most precious moments in life. Because creation is resplendent with the beauty of God. And in beautiful places and in beautiful moments, 
we catch a glimpse of the one for whom our soul longs. And the psalmist tells us in verse 10, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. And then he goes on to say that all of creation will sing before the Lord. For he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. And he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Here we are at Advent, and Advent is a season designed for longing. It's a time for us to reflect on the desires of God's people for their Messiah to come. And now as Christians, those whose Messiah has come, it's a time for us to reflect on the fact that the judge will come to the earth and that he will judge the world in righteousness. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Do you see the way that the beauty of God is evidenced in the spread of the gospel over all the earth? Do you see the way that the the beauty of God is pictured in a family of four stuffed into a flat above a bakery in Ghent, Belgium, praying every day that people can see the beauty and glory of God and become worshipers that, so that people of every tribe, tongue, language, and nation might worship God. Do you see the way that your very longing for Jesus to come back is evidence of His beauty because you so longingly want to see Him and know Him fully, not as through a mirror dimly but face to face as you've been promised do you see the way that as we declare the gospel here every week we're compelled to build beautiful buildings and to beautify these places precisely so that they are a place where the gospel will go forth week after week declaring to people who walk in darkness your light has come he is pleased with you he wants to know you and you can see the king in his beauty by meeting him through his son jesus christ For the Bible says His face shines with the glory of God. We could stand to spend some time thinking about beauty and the beauty of God. And my hope and my prayer during this season is that you will reflect on the most beautiful one of all. I want to offer an invitation this morning. And while we're not coming to the altar, that doesn't mean God can't work, trust me. The Lord can work right exactly where you are. If you've never put your trust and your faith in Jesus for the first time, I want you to know that the most beautiful and glorious one is waiting on you with open arms today. If you'll turn from your sins and repentance and turn to God in faith through Jesus Christ, I believe you will be saved. Second of all, uh, you may be a Christian And you say, Pastor, I just need some time to reflect on God's beauty. This time is for you. And finally, you may be looking for a church home. I'd love to talk to you today about what it means for you to be a member here at First Baptist Church. I'll have to talk to you at the end of the service, but that's okay. I'd be glad to do that. After this prayer, I want to invite you to do business with the Lord. Let's pray together. 
Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you for the way that he has revealed your beauty to us. And Lord, even now, my prayer is that we will find your beauty compelling and that we will be drawn to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.